Hello and welcome to the St Mungo's podcast. This is episode 23 and we've called this Fighting Violence, which is something that Glasgow has known its fair share of over the years. And this is an extension of episode 4, which was about the Navigator project. And it's a service that we are extremely proud of here in Glasgow and which is making a huge difference. And essentially they are a group of individuals who work alongside us in the emergency department and they help navigate people with chaotic lifestyles away from those lifestyles on their return to the community and on discharge from the hospital. So they meet them in the community, they find out what their hopes and desires are and then they help work them into projects and other existing community services to help transform lives. It's something we're extremely proud of and we're delighted to say that this year they got additional funding and they've now extended the service to other hospitals in Scotland and I hope it uh, further extends out of Scotland into other parts of the UK because it really makes a difference. So on the back of episode 4, we took the idea to extend the interviews. So I spent a number of weeks and months going around interviewing some of the key people associated with its creation, with its development and with its success. And we're delighted to have had such a great response and, and I cannot thank enough the people who were involved who you will hear from shortly. I should point out that one of the people interviewed has changed their role in government since this was recorded. Michael Matheson is now Cabinet Secretary for Transport, but was Cabinet Secretary for Justice during the instrumental years of the development of the Navigator project. Special thanks goes to our two patients, who were very giving of their time and very open and honest with their experiences with the Navigator project, which I think helps make this particular recording even more special. We will put some information in our show notes about the Navigator Project and please feel free to get in touch with them or get in touch with us if you would like any more information. Thank you very much. I had an extremely hectic life. I was basically brought up in care and secure units and when I was 14 I was introduced to a 28-year-old man who got me onto heroin, told me it was cocaine so I didn't know I was getting hooked on it. And basically I had nine years of being a heroin addict. Basically that was my life, was going and getting my hit every day and a very chaotic life and hectic lifestyle. Um, And uh, one night I got assaulted by a man and I got admitted to hospital. And suddenly a friendly face came round and introduced himself as Tam from Navigator and said that it wasn't very nice a man hitting you, that's not meant to happen, and that he could give me support and help when I needed it. And basically he came and met me a few weeks later. Um, He's taken me to appointments, got me help um, with my drug abuse and turned my life around. It's really nice to have someone that cares and is sympathetic to what's happened in my life. It's changed my life completely and now I'm in a new home in a new area and it's going really well. I feel really settled and I don't know where I'd be without him. He's been fantastic. The service is like one in a million basically and it's really helpful for all sorts of people and it's helped me a lot and I don't know where I'd be without him today.
My name's Owen Colgan and I'm an emergency medicine doctor working in Glasgow Royal Infirmary and I've been working alongside the Navigator Project since they started in our department back in December 2015 and I was keen to tell the story of the project through interviews with the key people associated with it, the people who created it, the people who deliver the service, the people who are likely to shape its future and most importantly of all the people who have benefited from it. So I thought we could start right back at the beginning, and I'm here with Karen McCluskey, who is Chief Executive of Community Justice Scotland and previous Director of the Violence Reduction Unit. And Karen, it was really your idea, so I was wondering if you could tell us how it all started. I came to Scotland in 2003, having been away for 18 years. And when I arrived there, I realised just how overwhelming the violence was. We had one of the highest murder rates in Europe, Um, Glasgow was the most violent city and it was a a pretty catastrophic time for everybody. My colleagues in the emergency rooms, Dr Alistair Ireland and I, had long talks about the amount of thoracotomies and, you know, serious interventions they had to make for people who were catastrophically injured and the amount of people they saved or a murder rate would have been much worse. And a colleague and I, John Carnican, decided that we weren't going to look at violence from a police perspective and wait till things happened. We wanted to look at it through the lens of prevention. How could we prevent violence? And so we started, we embarked upon, you know, we formed a unit which was based on a public health approach to violence, which was all about prevention. Both early years, looking at parenting, and we often talk about a great parent's as close as it gets to being magic without being magic. Looking at those who were at risk of violence, so working with our school teachers and trying to keep kids in school, and, you know, giving them some of the decision-making factors that would enable them to make different choices about their life. But then also looking at those who were victimised and who had offended. And sometimes they're the same group. You can be a victim one week and offender the next. When I had been working in Glasgow Royal Infirmary and I'd been hanging around the emergency room with the kind consent of the consultants there, You saw people who were coming in who wouldn't report their assault to the police. They were uncooperative complainers. So they wouldn't engage in any police process. But what they were doing was they would be on their phones plotting revenge, plotting, you know, another serious incident that would also end up in Glasgow Royal. But what I also knew was when we spoke to people, they were often contemplating what had happened to them, their behaviour, what they'd done. They were often thinking about, what if I die? Because some of them had catastrophic injuries, life-changing. And I would often speak to these men, and often really hard men, and they would be worried about their kids, about their families, about what would happen. And it was a great moment, and we often talk about it in psychology as a teachable moment, that motivation to change where you contemplate what you've been doing and think, what else could this look like? And so I, through lots of conversations with um, the emergency room consultants and and others, I sort of developed this Navigator programme. What would it look like if we could navigate people away from violence, where we could intervene at the most catastrophic moment in someone's life, where they were contemplating change and trying to navigate them to a different place? And And that was how I started. You know, we had this clear idea, a unique selling point where we would be non-judgmental, we would keep it confidential service, but we would absolutely try to make someone's life better 
and not worse, to work with them and not against them, and to, you know, I, and just to be there along the journey and realise it's difficult and that sometimes we might need to go back again and again and again. So Keith Jack is a police inspector within the Violence Reduction Unit and he's the team leader for the Navigator Project. And Keith, you were really charged with taking that idea and actually bringing it to reality. So how did you go about doing that? Initially, I was aware of uh, some programmes down in the hospitals in London, emergency department-based youth programmes, so duly visited with some colleagues and was hugely impressed by what I saw there. We took the best, I think, of the learning from that, but we were acutely aware that we needed to make it bespoke to the Scottish context uh, and in particular to Glasgow, where we wanted to begin. We know our audience quite well. We've been working in the Violence Reduction Unit with um, the people that we wanted to support for over 10 years. So we knew them well. We knew we needed people who had their own lived experience, who were able to sit in front of people, look them in the eye and have that level of credibility that people knew they were talking to someone who had been there and who had done that. So when they said to them it was change was possible, they believed it was. I knew that success of Navigator would depend on the quality of the person that we employed. They had to be credible, they had to be trustworthy, they had to be likeable. So we didn't um, recruit in the traditional sense. We put out a Twitter advert and anybody who showed an interest in the advert, I would meet them in a public place, I would take them back to the office and introduce them to my colleagues. I wanted to see if I could form a relationship with them, I wanted to see how they were in a public place, how they communicated, how they listened. This culminated in a formal interview process but even at that point we felt it was important to bring in someone who had previous experience of using the services who was able to critique our applicants and be able to say yes if I were to end up in ED in a chaotic critical situation I would be able to connect and communicate and build a relationship with this person. We believed that one of the biggest contributions that Navigator could make would be in supporting patients after hospital discharge. We know this is a period that's really difficult and a period where people can often lapse. In tandem with developing the other aspects of the service, we spent a year within the emergency department of Glasgow Royal just developing the relationships with staff and also out in the community with the existing service provision. This, I suppose, just to help the transition between one service and the other. We knew there would be some difficulties and challenges to iron it along the way, but Really delighted to say that in December 2015, our first two navigators started within Glasgow Royal Infirmary. So the navigators will typically work on evening shifts and night shifts at the weekends when violence in Glasgow is at its most prevalent. And we have here today Sam Fingland, who's one of our navigators. Sam, I was hoping you could describe a typical interaction. So from the point that we refer you a patient, what generally happens next? So as navigators, we would find out from the medical staff what the, the initial problems were, what they came in with, and then we'd look to meet with that person. So quite informally, we would have a wee chat. We'd let them know what Navigator is about, what our, our project looks to do, um, and we'd explain that it's a confidential service, um, unless obviously there's an adult or child protection concern, then we would, we would need to share that, and they're made 
clear about that from the offset. Um, but it's a very relaxed situation. We don't want to put them under any pressure. We come in with pink t-shirts. We're, we're not threatening to them at all. So um, we just look to build that initial relationship with them and try and strengthen that at the point of where they are, feeling that they're at most in crisis. Um, from there, we, we let them know that we look to um, meet with them out in the community, where within 48 hours, we'll have re-established that contact to keep that continuity and that momentum going. And it's all about building that relationship and allowing them to have a bit of trust in us and what we are able to do for them um, we look to really ignite the magic of them reinforce the plus points and the positives in their own lives at the moment because generally speaking they won't be able to see that themselves and by doing that we open up the avenue for more conversations around the problems that are in their lives and while we look to stabilise immediate problems we know that longer term they need to link in with other services that are capable of, of taking them forward um, so we use a variety of partner agencies that we've formed relationships with that we have confidence in that we think that if we take an individual to that service they're going to be absolutely looked after um, so that's how Navigator generally speaking works is that we, we initially form that relationship with the patient in the hospital look to work with them out in the community and support them during that transition phase into other services that they are going to be able to make meaningful changes long term. So I was keen to find out how the service is being evaluated and the person in charge of that is Christine Goodall who is a consultant oral surgeon and the director of Medics Against Violence. So Christine I guess there needs to be justification for the time and expense involved. So how have you been able to measure success of the project over the past two years? When we set up the programme we probably didn't have a set idea of exactly how it would work. We believed that it would work, but we didn't give ourselves set targets or, or a set programme to work to. Um, it very much was shaped by the people involved and those were the navigators. Um, so measures of success really, I think, uh, are partly the uptake of the programme by the patients. So that's been over 70%, which has been amazing. Another measure of success, I think, is the fact that it's really been embraced by the emergency department staff. Uh, the navigators have been welcomed into the team and have become a valued part of the team. Uh, and I think the staff see not only benefits for the patients, um, but also benefits for them as a, as a team as well. Uh, so around de-escalation, around reassurance that patients are going to be looked after when they leave, but also around the navigators being able to help patients accept treatment and stop them from self-discharging, which obviously will produce better outcomes for them in the longer run. The other thing that we've heard a lot and, uh, you know, some very powerful personal testimonies from patients about how the programme has helped them. And, you know, those range from instances where the navigators have directly intervened to, to help patients um, address situations that were um, very difficult for them but they also have been involving signposting onto other organisations and and just that little bit of support that sometimes patients need to get back on track and stop them feeling that the emergency department is the only place they have to go when they're in distress. The other thing that I think is really important is that is the potential cost saving that you can get from having a, a navigator. So if we look at uh, the cost of the navigators themselves, they probably cost about £30,000 a year for each one. If you 
Weigh that against the cost of saving one murder, that's £1.8 million, saving one suicide, £1.3 million, and against the costs of, you know, treating people in ITU, treating head injuries, even just the cost of visiting the emergency department is quite substantial. So, um, so the potential cost savings from patients not coming back to the service, not reoffending, uh, you know, not ending up in a, a desperate situation where maybe they lose their life are absolutely massive. So, Will Linden, you are the acting director of the Violence Reduction Unit. So I was keen to hear what your thoughts were looking back on two years of providing the service. What are the main take-home points? How do you reflect on everything that your team has done? Um, over the last two years, I've been pleasantly surprised at where Navigator has gone and what Navigator has done. Two years ago when we started, we were concerned on whether or not a service such as Navigator would be required and whether or not it would be useful for the accident emergency in Glasgow. Um, this came about because we had discussions with the team there and it was realised that the violence levels and the serious violence levels such as stabbings and serious injuries were not quite the levels of the, what they were in the early 2000s and late 90s. They were significantly down. But we decided to put the service in anyway to test and learn, if you like, to see if it worked. Because although the numbers were down, people were still being injured, people were still being attacked and assaulted, and we still had a core group of people there that we could work with. One of the biggest challenges we had with the service and one of the biggest concerns is, would people engage with it? Would people want to actually start to address some of the issues and challenges that they had? And this was perhaps the most surprising thing. People did engage with it. They did engage with the navigators. They started to talk about the issues and challenges that they had in their life, whether it be homelessness, alcohol, addiction, mental health issues. What we realised and what we knew before we went in there was that although they were sitting there and some of these young men and young women and indeed older men and older women may have a quite violent lifestyles, they did not want to be there. They did not want to be lying there injured in hospital. They did not want to live in fear in their communities. They did not want to have health problems. They did not want to have alcohol and drug problems. They wanted happy, stable lives like the rest of us. But they were in a position that they found themselves that they didn't know how to get out of. They were caught in a cycle of violence. What Navigator does is Navigator allows them to try and break that cycle. Break that cycle to either prevent them from offending again or in terms of victims, help support them away from the violence. Because that's what's incredibly important. It's about dealing with the person, dealing with their hopes and aspirations, dealing with the challenges that they've got and how we can navigate them through those challenges, how we can work with them. This is about person-centred approach and relationship building at its very core. It's about understanding how they feel and what they want to do. I would love to see the Navigator Service extended across the country. But more than that, I think this learning that we have about how we work with people, the relationships that we build and how we can spend time and understand people and not make judgments about them based on circumstance is a learning that we can take elsewhere. It's a learning that we can take into any frontline service. Because if we have that sort of idea that we're all the same, we're all the part of the one community, that we're all, you know, have the same hopes and aspirations, then we can move positively forward. Tam Begbie is one of our original navigators who started with us in Glasgow and then was subsequently charged with expanding the service into Edinburgh and he's carried on his great work there. So 
So I don't think there's any better person to ask about what it means to be a navigator. So Tam, I was wondering if you could describe for us what the experience has been like for you delivering the service. The last two years working for Navigator have been absolutely incredible. It's been an emotional journey. The impact that our presence has had on patients in the A&E at a time where patients are coming in at their lowest ebb, battered and broken, to witness that change in that individual has been absolutely inspiring. At the start, we were full of hope and energy, but we didn't know how patients would react to our presence being in the A&E. To see people change so drastically and have the confidence to completely turn their lives around has been incredible to witness that, to be side by side with somebody on a, on a really um, emotional, scary journey. I mean, that's, that's everything to us. It makes me so proud to be part of Navigator. It's changed my own personal views as an individual. Um, it's opened my eyes up to what people's lives are like without positivity from an early age, without a positive role model. Um, we just feel so privileged. Um, it's, it's really difficult to put into words that when you are talking to somebody who is unhappy with their life, to then be allowed into that person's life as a beacon of hope and inspiration, there's just there's very little words that can really explain that particular feeling. And the journey itself, it's got its ups and it's got its downs, but together, as a patient and a navigator, I don't think there's there's not a lot that we can achieve. So the Navigator project had to fit in alongside already busy emergency departments in Glasgow and Edinburgh, often working alongside staff at the more chaotic times of the week. So Alistair Ireland, you are an emergency medicine consultant and clinical lead in Glasgow Royal Infirmary, so probably no better person to ask about how they are perceived in your department, what it's like to work alongside them, and what, if any, value you feel they bring to your service. Well, from the outset, the navigators have really fitted in very well to the team. The staff have made them feel welcome, and I hope they feel uh, welcome within the department. But it's been two years now, and I, th I think the true test of whether they're part of the team is that we really find that we miss them when they're not there. I would say at the weekend and at nights, we would consider them integral to the work that we do. And it's really helped by the fact they've chosen some excellent individuals to be navigators. Well, I think the navigators bring... Uh, completely new dimension to what we do. I mean, when we're working with them, they're just working alongside us, they're in the background, they're definitely not in our road. Um, we treat the patients and then we'll mention to them if somebody we think is appropriate for them to be engaged with. But they're also on the lookout themselves and sometimes they'll see somebody or recognise that somebody could be suitable for the project and they'll speak to them before the doctors or nurses have, have seen them. They're just kind of intuitive that way. Um, but they, they also bring a kind of calming influence to the department because sometimes there's situations, weekend nights can be a bit tense and sometimes people, you know, can be in need of uh, de-escalation and the navigators are excellent at just going in and speaking to people and calming things down. And that, I think in the department, the actual working of the department, it just brings an extra dimension to what we do. Um, 
above and beyond what they're then going to be involved with with people in the community. The referral process to the navigators is very informal. Uh, we, we, if they're there, we simply mention to them that we've seen somebody that they think might, uh, that we think might benefit from uh, their intervention. If they're not there, and I wish they could be there more often, but there are only two of them, uh, we can leave a phone message for them. We can phone them direct. We can. There's a very short form that we can leave in their office, and we're confident that they're going to pick these up and, um, and and take them forward. I remember one evening I emailed them, and within 10 minutes they were both off duty. Uh, they had both replied, and one of the navigators came into the department to see if they could help. Um, and there was a very positive outcome from that case that they were both heavily involved with. I think the most important thing that the navigators do, and this is something that the staff recognise that we just can't do because we're so busy, is being able to give the time to speak to people to help them with the situation that brought them to hospital in the first place. Now, we would love to have the time to do that, but we just can't because we have to move on to the next patient. And knowing that the navigators can pick this up with people when they've left the department is really, really reassuring for the staff. Um, because we really would like to spend more time, but we simply can't. We're also very confident that when the navigators are involved with a patient, they've seen them in the department, we know that they're going to see that person again the next day and the day after that, and there's not going to be a five or six week waiting list before they're seen. And I think that makes us feel that we're helping to provide really a much better service than the service that was there before the navigators. The Navigator Project is funded by the Justice Department in Scotland and we're very lucky to have with us today Michael Matheson who is our Cabinet Secretary for Justice. So Michael, thank you very much for joining us and I was very keen to find out what your perception was of the Navigator Project and how you feel what we've gained from this experience might shape future projects tackling similar problems around Scotland. Although in Scotland we've made very significant progress in reducing violence within our communities, we can never afford to be complacent. The other thing we need to make sure we do is that we're always looking for new ways in which we can actually tackle violence within our society. And the Navigators programme is a very good example of that, taking a new approach to trying to identify that reachable moment when we can help to support someone in transforming their life and to take a different approach away from the violent lifestyle they may be involved in. And as a government, we're very committed to the public health approach to tackling violent crime in our society. And the Navigators programme is a very good example of how we can practically deliver that in partnership between justice and our health service. And as a government, what we want to do is to make sure that we continue to innovate in this area, that we look for new ways in which we continue to tackle the issue of violence uh, and the way in which we're working with the navigators at the present moment, how we can then look at developing that further into different approaches in other parts of the country. So the way in which the navigators programme operates in Glasgow and Edinburgh may not necessarily be the right type of approach that we have to have in somewhere like Inverness, but the principles are exactly the same. And what we need to do is look at how we can adapt that model and develop it further. And what I want to do is to make sure we continue to work with the Scottish Violence Reduction Unit in looking at new ways that we can build on the Navigator programme, but also look at even adding further innovative programmes in tackling violence in Scotland. Because I'm really encouraged by 
what I've witnessed firsthand from the benefits that delivered by the Navigator programme. Having witnessed it firsthand in both Glasgow and in Edinburgh, I'm very proud of the way in which it's transforming individuals' lives. So I'm keen to make sure that the practical experience and benefits we've had from the Navigator programme so far, that we build on those and we look to innovate further in the future in making sure we're doing everything possible to learn from the programme and to make Scotland a safer place. So the Navigator project is a great example of collaboration between the Justice Department and the NHS tackling social problems and violence. So we heard from Mr Matheson there, but I was keen to find out what the perception was from the NHS. So I was lucky enough to catch up with Paul Gray, who's the Chief Executive of NHS Scotland, to find out what the project means to him. I've had the privilege of meeting the Navigators and their distinctive pink t-shirts are probably the first thing most people see. But as soon as you see behind the t-shirt, you see people who are there to help others. They're there to help without judging. They're there to help in a way that meets the need that presents to them. So whatever a person's circumstances, whatever their life has been, the navigator is there to listen and to understand before offering any advice at all. And sometimes people come into our services, whether it's A&E or via other services, frightened, alone, hurt and uncertain and certainly not expecting to be given anything other than some medical or clinical support. And for them to find that there's someone there who actually wants to understand them as a person and to help them to make some changes in their lives that might alter the journey that they're on might come as a surprise or a shock. It's certainly often unexpected. But the proof lies in the fact that people have benefited from this service. And the testimony that we hear from those who have used the service is profound and special and very enlightening. I'm delighted that we're working in partnership with the Navigators. They are making a real difference to the lives of real people day in and day out. They have truly changed lives. They have truly had an impact. And I count it a personal privilege to have been able to speak to them and to see what they do. So a huge thank you to all of our guests, and I hope that this has helped describe in a bit more detail what the Navigator Project is, how it was conceived, how the service is delivered, and also the impact that it's having here in Scotland. But I'd like to leave you with one last voice, and this is a person who has benefited from the service, and I would like to say particular thanks to him and to our other voice at the start of the podcast for their courage in describing their experiences. Many thanks for listening. Hi, I'm 47 years old and I am an alcoholic. My life for years has been a mess. Through drink, I have lost jobs, relationships and friends. The life of an alcoholic is not nice. After a recent binge, I ended up in hospital. While I was detoxing, in the bed, I was approached by a young lady in a pink t-shirt and I honestly thought, oh, here we go again, another one of these 
do-gooders who will tell me how to get better, tell me how wrong I am for drinking and give me a leaflet and tell me to go away and I could not have been so wrong. Sam sat down, talked to me, talked to me like a real person. Sam, since I met her, has never judged me, never looked down on me and has always been helpful towards me, helpful with me, be positive and just just being there for me has made such a difference. Life now is just, is so good. I I have a more positive outlook on life. I see Sam all the time, Buffy, we phone and text on a daily basis. And this is what is needed for me. Because when you come out after detox and you're given a leaflet and you get in touch with people and you ha- might have to wait five to six weeks, that is the hard part between then you can lapse and lapse big time and I have in the past but this constant help from the navigator on a daily basis who I know I can phone any time to speak to is invaluable. The navigator project to me has made a huge difference on my life and my family's life and I think they could help so many other people and I would like to thank them from the bottom of my heart. Thank you.